let's get it. Radically smaller commerce. You wanna test A B on your PDP? Pop up that AOV and your B2C. Do the 301, avoid the 404. Boost your SEO, get people to the store. Got the latest stack, headless, you react. You want that seamless customer experience attack. Live shopping social, set up your syndication. Be relevant, that's our recommendation. Radically Smarter Commerce is a podcast presented by Aptus with focus on smarter commerce and merchandising. And we will talk about trends, new technology, and the importance of being relevant. We will do this by interviewing site and guests to be inspired by their success stories and insights. And we that are your host is Thomas Schaberg and Frida Olsson. All right, so it's time for a new episode, and this time... It's sort of known territory both for me and you in different ways. So we're going to talk to Marielle and we are going to talk about PIM and MDM and product data. That is sort of things that I have experience with from before. But also she has a background within fashion and e-commerce and fashion, which is your arena, Frida. Yeah, it is. And I, but I also must say that I, I, I mean, I quite often say that I find our guests or topics interesting. Uh, but I find today's topic, especially the product data, interesting because I really like wording in a way. I really truly enjoy reading poems and lyrics. And I, and I quite often go into a website just to see the description or how they played around with synonyms uh, around the product without actually wanting to buy the specific products and such. So when you want to relax and, and get some, you know, nice, <laughs> a nice uh, moment for yourself, you you browse e-commerce websites and read the descriptions. That's actually that's that's not a lie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's how nerdy I am. But I yeah, I truly enjoy words. Yeah? So I guess in that way, when 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 hearing or talking about product data, I always think about like synonyms or or how to to present a product in in wording that's that product data for me but i guess product data is a lot of other things for you i guess yeah i mean i have a soft side as well but uh, (laughs) i think when we talk about it uh, today we're going to see that certain data is kind of the hard data uh, that you need to get right in order to sort of get the system going and and have the logistics and the transactions everything working but then it's also the other part of it that where you need the human touch and where you need to sort of have the sentiment and all of that. So uh, I think we're going to cover both of those aspects in today's episode. So uh, let's go ahead and talk to Marielle. Today we are very happy to have Marielle Israelsson at Avencia here as a guest at Radically Smart Commerce. Welcome Marielle. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Yes, I've been looking forward to to our talk a lot, I must say. Uh, But maybe if we could start to our listener who doesn't know you, uh, maybe start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yes. Uh, So I'm I'm focusing within the fashion and beauty industry when it comes to e-commerce and specifically within PIM system and lately also an MDM system. So I have approximately around seven years experience from e-commerce commerce and uh, the majority of the time I would say I have learned a lot uh, thanks to my journey and years at Naked where I started 2016 and uh, I worked there for approximately three and a half years uh, being the product owner so to say of all the uh, products 
being published online uh, and also the PIM owner coming to the products and how we worked with the enrichment and the quality assurance regarding the products. And today I, I took my experience from the customer side, so to say, and uh, brought it to Avencia from where I'm working today as a business advisor focusing on PIM and MDM and then again within fashion industry and beauty segment. Okay, cool. So it must have been exciting coming to to Naked, I mean, fresh into the e-commerce business. So could you tell us a little bit about how it was to start and sort of how um, your journey within Naked, how that came to be? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very thankful for having gotten the opportunity to be a part of that journey that they have been the last couple of years. And when I started, the the website actually launched launched just around three months before I started at Naked. So, and as we know, within a new startup, it is somehow chaos uh, when it comes to the organization everything is new the website is new and you need to find the processes and how you work with the systems and uh, and the staff overall so it, it was interesting because i jumped straight into being the product administrator manager and then also strictly directly after uh, online merchandising manager uh, quite soon Uh, focusing on structuring up the whole organization when it came to products and the PIM and the system we worked at that time and also finding processes within the system and um, within the whole organization, uh, I would say, when it comes to products such as the studio, taking the pictures and video material to the photo team, retouching the images and then to the administration team actually uh, enriching the products but also together with marketing and the customer service side and the IT department specifically so it was building the core of how we worked with the products in the system but also together how to optimize that uh, process and product flow into its maximum uh, to aim to the highest quality of the products when it was launched on the website. It was very interesting. It was hectical, but I am so thankful for being part of that journey. And I wouldn't be where I am today without my years from Naked, actually. So um, it it was, yeah, priceless. Fantastic. And uh, I've been working in in, in the fashion industry uh, almost all my life. So I um, know very well uh, what Naked is and and what you do. But maybe maybe you can explain what Naked is. Yes. Okay. Very good question. So Naked is a very big fashion company um, over the world, I would say. Started with focusing on only Sweden, but expanded very fast into other markets over the whole world, I would say. Uh, and they're selling uh, fashion, um, fashion clothes, focusing to younger girls, Instagram shopping girls, so to say. So it was the latest trends. Um, and also at that point when I started, they were reselling a lot of different ex- external brands and also having internal um, internal brands such as Naked Classic and Naked um, Trend and everything. But then they have focusing a lot more on fo- uh, being a bigger actor on the market, be 
owning their own labels, such as Naked, being a bigger player on the market, not only reselling different other external brands. So it was interesting cooperating with the purchasing team, building and gaining that internal brand with the products and the range and the categories within that. It's a very interesting journey that they have done. And I'm so impressed of how they are still exceeding with it. And I mean, talking from my IT perspective, since I'm a business advisor focusing on PIM, Naked has always been in the lead actor when it comes to fashion industry companies being innovative with new features, always being top of mind with the latest features before everyone else has actually uh, identified it. And being part of that, being the lead player on the market, always struggling with finding the solutions no matter the problems we actually had and with the mindset that nothing is impossible we just needed to tweak the the organization the staff uh, our mindsets mindset and the processes to make it work because the customer was in the focus so it was not only for me working with clothes it was a mentality that I'm living with also as today that nothing is impossible when it comes to system my day-to-day in my work as a business advisor i'm i'm not taking a no for an answer because i know that the systems are there to make possibilities to gain the product quality on the web if we're cooperating between the systems and that is so much thanks to to naked Great. Uh, fun fact, you know, we met a couple of years ago when I worked at InRiver and, um, you know, I've been around at many big companies and it's not easy to impress my daughters at home. And actually, <laughs> I think the only time when they were a bit impressed was when I said that I've been visiting naked. So it was a, a score for me as well <laughs> at home. Yes, I get that. But uh, Today, you have mentioned uh, PIM and product data and other things. And um, mm. just one question. Um, I know that you had a very short time to market when you worked at Naked with the product. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, um, that was one of the key areas that I focused a lot on on Naked since there was a lot of products that were supposed to be launched and published each day, but also each week and each month when it, come, when it came to both the Naked internal brand, but also the different collaborations with influencers that Naked did and are also doing today. Uh, so the speed of product enrichment uh, in in its whole when it comes to images and videos and content um was very pressed uh, i would say but nothing that again was impossible because what i did is measured the the process when it came to enrichment how long did it take to enrich and publish a product from a clean sheet when the product uh, arrived in the system coming to product description attribute tags flags um, categorizing and quality assurance of images and videos together with the data to make sure that the whole product um, was talking in one language um, to the customer we achieved a very good result because when I did these analyses and when I pressed the systems with the processes and finding the systematic tools and using the system for its for what it's for, we 
decreased a product uh, published from seven minutes to two minutes. And this was done using the systems correctly, using the processes internally correct. And yeah, it, it was it was interesting. I mean, this everything of this without increasing the the staff, the the team. We were the same amount of people, but we aimed to achieve the uh, the decreaseness of minutes. But uh, what actually happens in these two minutes? In these two minutes, I measured uh, again the whole focus in my department where I were where I was responsible for. I had a team of the studio, uh, including the stylists and the makeup artists, and also together with the photo photographers and the retouchers and the photo team, and then also the merchandising team. So we were three departments cooperating very very tight, and this was the key source, I would say, instead of working in. Silos. We aimed to work together on a daily basis, always communicating with each other. So, from a clean sheet, from a product, when we first uh, it, uh, received it, uh, I measured the time on how long it, it took to photo shoot the garment, how long it took for the retouchers appro approximately to retouch, and then how long it took for us to describe a product within the description, product description, and then the final quality assurance to make all of these components talk the same language again, because the image needed to be syncing with the video and the text and the other data to the product. And this was overall a two-minute two minute, um, lifetime. Okay, that must be some kind of world record. I mean, <laughs> and this is this is one of the things where I'm most interesting on always forcing things to to be more efficient. How can we make the quality race, and how can we make the efficiency more effective uh, without forcing the quality? Um, so yeah, I, I really loved to tweak the systems and the, the processes, how how we worked with it. Is there something we can tweak, such as just a little bit, to make a bigger gain of the end result of the product quality? Yeah, it sounds like it's not only fast fashion, it's a fast way of working as well, right? Yes, very fast way of working. <laughs> so, I mean, you need to kind of have the mindset for it as well. But um, many thanks to uh, the team. We were uh, as a family uh, where I worked and we we were having the same mindset. We cooperated with each other. We weren't working separately there's no i in team uh, we always helped out with each other's responsible duties when it came to products no matter if it were primarily my duties to do but we always as a team aimed to to reach the goal we had every day and every week yeah and i guess uh, teamwork uh, is is obviously the the key factor uh, quite often to to success and you also you mentioned before uh, pim and mdm mm -hmm. uh, what is the difference between those systems and and are the teams you are talking about using them differently the teams i mean the, the different companies are are using these systems differently rather than different teams because in one organization i would say it's rather common that you have one of these not both um so most common is a strict like pim system product information management system and i'm used to working within river pim um and that is more focusing on 
from what it's called product information, the marketing perspective of how the products are visualized for the customer on the website, what the customer are seeing coming to images, videos, product description, um, other kind of information regarding the product that you're manually adding in with a feeling and a touch of the brand, maybe. Uh, where product master data system and MDM system is rather a, a bigger system using hardcore data, so to say, where you are using one system um, when it comes to you can have a product number, you can have product name, and you can have everything. All product data is gained in one system, but you are tweaking it into also using it as maybe a PIM system. So. If comparing PIM and master data system is probably comparing a little sister and uh, a grandma, so to say. <laughs> okay, so MDM is the grandma. <laughs> I was about to ask, who is who here? Yes. <laughs> but but uh, maybe, I don't know if you agree with me, but in the PIM system, you, you start looking at what you want to accomplish in the channels and then sort of you build a process in order to support that. Yes. While... In an MDM approach, you have some other problems that you want to solve. You want to harmonize the data so different systems can speak with each other and so on and, and have a, a, a sort of a, a golden record that contains this foundational data. Yeah. And, uh, and then yeah, sometimes there can be mixes or hybrids or so on, but I would say that that is the, the major differences. Yeah, I mean, you could probably say that the master data gives you one single comprehensive picture of the information and eliminates expensive and efficient measures caused by data silos. So you're using one one data, one system instead of different data silos. Okay. But I think in both situations, it, it's a lot about, you have already mentioned it, um, data quality and making sure that, you know, you have the processes right. If, if you're going to move as fast as you did uh, at Naked and when you are working with other clients now at Avencia, mm -hmm. how, how do you make sure that you can sort of um, keep a good data hygiene or, or quality? It, it, I mean, it's a very good question. It's easy to answer from when I were at, at Naked, when I were at the customer side, owning the responsibility of the product, knowing the different departments working with the products and how we could work with the system regards to that. Today, as a consultant working with different customers, it's also based on their brand and their organization on how they are working with the products where I need to adapt and make um, consulted advices on how they can work more efficient to the quality data. So PIM, I would say, is more mature on the market focusing on um, product information. Lately, I'm used to working with the master data where that system is rather tweaked into being a PIM system and it's so much more complex with different difficulty setup, setups in the system that is very complex rather than how easy it can be in a strict PIM system. Yeah. But the quality assurance is always in focus. And when you're talking about product and merchandising the products, the system is there to support your quality assurance and finding those system um, rules and tools how to help you with this 
you need to adapt regarding how the organization itself are working with the products. Yeah, and I guess even if an MDM uh, sort of implementation is a bigger project, there is gold in the end of the rainbow there as well, if you get it right. Absolutely. It takes it, The journey, I would say, is rather longer than a PIM journey because the maturity of a PIM system is a little bit more known yeah. uh, than a master data system. But when you are using and when you're being mature along the journey with the master data, you have so much more opportunities tweaking the flexibility in a master data system is way wider with what you can do rather than what you probably could do in a PIM system because you have the data focusing uh, or the data uh, in one system. Um, you talk a lot about the systems and, and the process for enrichment of product data, but what can you automate and what needs the human touch, so to speak? I mean, it, it's it's a very interesting question and something that is a very good topic because you can automate a lot of things using the systems, talking to each other, setting up th these systematic rules and automations and everything. But there are still, in my opinion and in my experience, some things that you cannot automate you need to have a human touch and specifically in my experience when it comes to fashion because the products itself are being merchandised with a different perspective on the website focusing on feelings to the customer the customer wants to relate to the products uh, you style it not that uh, predictable. I'm, I'm usually saying that the fashion industry is unpredictable. What you're seeing on a picture is not necessarily the products in focus that are being the one that they want to sell because you are styling it so differently and sometimes you're having campaign images instead of strict product pictures. Back in the years when the e-commerce was fairly new, you were probably focusing on having a t-shirt solo on the image if you were focusing on selling a t-shirt where you're not today because you are having a more feeling to the images and talking about the human touch and the automa automated touch to it when it comes to achieving this feeling to the customers but also making the quality assurance of that feeling compared to the data itself I have experienced a lot of times where the wrong image of the wrong color or sometimes even the total wrong product appears to the wrong product in PIM, where you're having the wrong image exposed to the customer and worst case scenario, the customer are buying the wrong color without their knowledge and they're having the wrong color um, delivered to them at home. So that's like the worst kind of scenario. So the quality assurance where I focused a lot on do need to have a human touch, making sure of the brand standard the company has. What is the language and the brand communication that the product wants to have? Coming to color filters, images, videos, and those things comparing the data coming from the ERP system and the PIM system together with these soft feeling images needs to be a human comparing and quality assure that it's correct. Uh, I know that there is, I mean, there is technology, for instance, to write automatic descriptions of products and, and other also, you know, analyzing images and taking out keywords and tags and so on. So I um, guess also there might be um, 
question of where you have a b or c products so you have some products that are very standard i don't know belts or socks mm. or i don't know exactly what would be commodity here but then you have other uh, things that you have you know a big campaign a collaboration with an influencer and you need to have the you know the full content so mm. do, you, do you have an experience of, of that kind of work that you have different processes based on what kind of sort of product product this Definitely. I mean, I, I would say that there are different processes in the organization when it comes to products. You have the new published process of the everyday uh, workflow on how the newness are supposed to be published in the organization and on the website. And then you have the campaign products that are probably older products, but can also be um, in, uh, a mix of the newness and the old products where the, they are being merchandised and pushed into a marketing kind of perspective uh, and those processes are completely different where you are selecting the products that are focusing in the campaign uh, and then you can have we had a reshoot process for example at Naked instead of directly when we read the, the sales statistic of the products instead of directly sending the products to sale we tried to reboost the sale by reshooting the garment, trying a different model, trying a different style. It's a different season. Is there something else in the product description that we can adjust to make the sales boost a little bit better? And then by doing those reshoot processes, we actually didn't need to put the pr products on sale because the sales were boosting itself by the reshoots. So the products are being treated um, differently in different processes. And then you have the sales process um, and influencer process. We had a lot of co collaborations um, that were launched each week. Uh, and those needed to have their own touch and feeling of the products. I mean, it, they were being sold at Naked uh, on the Naked Core website, but the, the actual images or the styling or such could be with a mentality or a feeling that the influencer and the collaboration itself wanted to have within their brand. Um, so we needed to coll collaborate a lot with the influencer itself to, to aim to that kind of feeling when it came to products differently than the ordinary newness and naked products. Um, so what would you say is the most error-prune or time-consuming part of, of product enrichments then? Yeah, wow. Um, the most time-consuming is definitely the final quality assurance because enriching a product on itself, doing the, the images separately and the product description separately and all the other information separately is not that difficult because you have experts within each area. The difficulty, I would say, is when these different enrichment uh, are coming combined together, making sure that they are actually syncing with each other. Um, and that took a lot of manual time talking from my naked experience, but also from my experience lately working as a, a consultant within the industry, I know that this is very time consuming. The actual quality assurance within the fashion industry, making sure that the products are talking the same language. Um, I don't know if how much more in details I can say than that, because it's differently dependent on the company's own rules and um, goals, etc. But 
definitely one of the biggest pain points in the industry, I would say, is the, the, the quality assurance where you need to have a human touch, making sure it's the product itself all combined is not hurting the brand. Yeah, and you focus a lot on, on fashion segment and we, and we talked a lot, a lot about that uh, in this episode as well. Um, what are the specific challenges uh, right now uh, for that companies uh, faced with in relation to what we've talked about? We have talked a lot about systems and how fashion industries are working with uh, the PIM system and uh, the product enrichment and the quality assurance of it. Um, but I think that we all in the industry of e-commerce are aiming in the future of being more efficient, coming to both products, but overall other information as well, where you're having the focus on finding tools to help you automate as much as possible, where I see a little bit bigger difficulty within the fashion industry, uh, finding these automatic tools, such as maybe for other industries, uh, specifically, as I mentioned previously, because you want to have the feeling and the touch of humanity in the products when it's merchandised uh, in a different way. Um, I mean, if you're looking at Sara, for example, I think that they are a good example when I'm talking about this. Uh, if you want to automate something as shop the look or you want to create a bundle or such, Sarah are focusing on one product image, very unpredictable when it comes to what products are in focus to be sold. I was looking there the other day where I saw a big, very cool image shooted from probably from a campaign and uh, the biggest focus on that product on the picture was a, a big blazer and it was very cool but when i realized when i clicked into it it was actually the shoes being sold so even if you wanted to find the automatic tools in maybe having a system identifying the biggest focus product on the image it's so unpredictable because it's not necessarily that product that are being sold because it could be something as small as the shoes, as the um, earrings or something else. Because again, the fashion industry are focusing on, you want to relate to the feeling, the model, the feeling, the style. So you are shooting images that are not focusing with the primary product in focus. So it's it's interesting and I'm I'm very curious and I'm working I mean, already now when finding and how to optimize these kind of difficulties within the fashion industry, such as you're using the systems right, but I've, I have so much knowledge within the last couple of years, knowing the pain points within the fashion industry. And I'm so curious, or I, I'm really focusing on finding these tools, how to support fashion companies on how to make the product enrichment and the e-commerce more efficient without increasing big your teams and um, building yeah other processes internally how it there has to be some different new kind of system cool kind of functions how we can provide support to fashion companies um within this yeah it's an interesting space for sure to be in and uh, you mentioned being curious what i'm curious about is actually if you have a rapper name, as you might have seen, <laughs> we have a hip hop theme here. And uh, yeah, what would your name be as a rapper? It, it's a very good question. I mean, thanks God, I, I love rap music and hip hop music is really my kind of music, but I've never seen myself picking a rapper name. But it, just from what I've seen and from what I've heard, I think I'm gonna go with something kind of smooth and something a little bit 
um, very maybe obvious, but I think I would go with Lil M. Lil M. Okay. Mm. Okay. I see. <laughs> I see. Cool. Uh, you mentioned that you you liked uh, hip hop music. Uh, mm-hmm. Any favorite artist? Oh, there's a bunch. I mean, the old classic. I love Eminem, but I also love Post Malone. You have Drake. Um, there, there's a lot of good good uh, artists out there. Um, my, I, I'm not focusing on one specific artist. I'm I'm very I'm very wide. It's more rather the the feeling to the songs. Okay, great. <laughs> So we have talked a little bit about automation and uh, fast fashion and so on. And I know also in your experience as Naked, you had a, a huge assortment and so on. And uh, one theme that we come back to quite a lot in, in the podcast here is uh, merchandising. Mm-hmm. And I know that you did a, a kind of an interesting um, exercise where, when you sort of measured um the effectiveness of working manually with merchandising yes. you know as merchandising mm-hmm. uh, deciding what products to view versus an automated merchandising solution so what was the um, could you beat the computer or what did you find <laughs> out can you ever beat the computers not nowadays <laughs> <laughs> not nowadays uh, what we did was i mean it's a, it's very interesting at a company you more or less want to control the data or the products you have you believe that you have the highest control and know the best of what the customer wants and what is selling the best uh, and that was also the approach at the time when we were merchandising the products um, but then again we were um, cooperating a lot with Aptus and we wanted to see the comparison on how good the manual hand in merchandising a products and sales boosting in comparison to Aptus algorithms were doing so we actually made a contest or a, a competition between these two where we had a person analyzing the sales of different products uh, and handpicked different assortments in the products putting in into a, a, a merchandising boost actually so you had probably 10 or 15 products where you sale boost it um, manually in in e-sales but then you also had e-sales doing it with its own system rules with the same kind of not same kind of products but different products and then what we did a couple of days later we read the actual sales of it and we never won the e-sales always won so what you believe you know the best what the customer wants and what sells the best you you can tweak it separately single every now and then yes but trust the systems because they are there for a reason for that kind of exercise i mean it doesn't matter how good a solution you have or what functionality you use if you don't have the product data to start with in some kind of ways so i guess what we have talked about today with data quality and product data is super important for that kind of things and and what other benefits do you see uh, that you can get in the end if you have your product data in order 
this is the biggest heart in the the, the 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 thing I do today working as a consultant structuring up the data correctly on its right place in its right system cooperating between the systems to make the highest end quality of the actual product uh, you you don't want to have the same data appearing or being enriched more than one time in the correct system then you can sync and integrate the systems talking to each other but where is the root home for the actual data to belong in what system and what do you want to enrich differently than the data that is existing from the start so structuring up the data is the high hygiene in in a company working with products overall Um, and that is I'm working a lot with different platform exchanges when you're implementing a PIM system or something else. And I always tell the customers that is probably one of the most profitable things they can do because what you also have in that journey, the possibility to clean up and the structure of the data. You don't want to take the data as is in your old system to implement it into a new system just because it's how it's us- you always been and that's how you usually um, used to work with the data. Take the opportunity when you are looking into new systems or tweaking internal processes or doing uh, something else in the organization, looking into the data, try to always force the the thoughts of how you can structure the data differently for it to belong where it should be belong. And then, I mean, in the end, the outcome, I guess a lot of terrible things can happen to you if you don't get this right, right? You can have a higher number of returns. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else can happen. You know, worst case, you have lousy product data. Mm. What can hit you in the face? Yes. Um, worst case scenario, as you mentioned, you can have a lot of returns. What you're aiming for when you're working with the products is to increase the sales and decrease the returns. That's what you're actually aiming for. Everything what you're doing, talking about images and filter in terms of colors or product description, you want to increase the sales. Uh, But what you also need to think about when it comes to this, you have another example where I'm used to working. If you don't have control over the data, you can have the system creating duplicates where you're actually having the same products appearing two times on the website because it's two different article numbers because it's updated with a new season or there's something else that has created a new product but in the in to track the sales of the product you actually kind of want to have the same original product of course you need to tweak something some things in the product data um to to make it updated, but you don't want to have a season, different seasonal products appearing on the website because the customer won't understand. I've experienced this so many times being a private shopper online myself. I've seen duplicate products on the web with different um, size ranges, um, only probably because they don't really have control over the product data and what should be visible on the website. Uh, And then it's increasing the the prestanda in the systems because you have way more entities in the systems than you maybe should or want. You need to enrich the products on more um, in more areas than you want. So that's also a typical um, 
typical issue that I've seen if you don't have control over the data. And you can also have products that are visible on the website appearing with a zero in, um, in price. I mean, then you're having customers purchasing something uh, for nothing. Uh, so if you should summarize uh, all the, the great things and tips you have said so far to only three, what would um, the main points be around the product master data and the process? I would say um, optimize your systems by really looking into what you can automate. There is no need in building bigger teams in your expansion until optimizing your systems. Use them wisely. Use the system for what it's for. Define quality assurance rules to support your minimum allowed product quality. Make the manual process easier, what is missing, where it's missing, and why it's missing. And then the last one I would say is probably the most important one, because um, no matter if you're talking about system, this is very important, is that be open, positive, and brave to really dare to fine-tune internal processes with the systems you are using, both old systems and new. A system by its own is not making the beneficial change and business value. It is together with an impact of organizational adjustments as well. So the quality in the processes will bring a product data in its quantity. All right. Cool. Thank you for all your insights, Marielle. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. And uh, if people want to get hold of you, how can you be found? You, I'm... I'm uh, obviously existing on LinkedIn. So you can always find me on LinkedIn on Marielle Israelson. Uh, otherwise, you can find me on marielle.israelson at avencia.com. Okay, great. But thank you for being on the show. Uh, looking forward to uh, meet you again soon in person as well. Thank you very much for being a part of this. It was very fun. To be up to date with podcast-related matters, please follow our LinkedIn page. And if you want to participate in discussions or recommend topics and guests, please join our Facebook group as well. Just search for Radically Smarter Commerce and you will find us. And of course, if you want to contact me or Thomas directly, you can always reach out on LinkedIn. And you find this podcast on all platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Acast, as well as at radicallysmartercommerce.com. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you like the podcast. It helps us to find new listeners. And you can also follow Aptus at LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. See you in two weeks.